Welcome. It's great to have you all joining us. Don't you just love inventors? I, I usually do. But uh, this week I ran into an inventor, and uh, he had an amazing watch. Um, it had a built-in satellite phone, an FM transmitter, a color printer, and um, a 4K uh, you know, uh, projector built into it. Well, I, I decided that was something I had to have, so I, you know, told my, you know, wanted to buy it. He said it wasn't ready, you know, for prime time yet. We were still kind of working out the bugs. Well, offered him ten thousand, no, you know, fifteen thousand, no. When when I offered him twenty, he finally agreed and, and gave me the watch. Um, and I was getting the thing on and getting ready to leave, and then he held up two large suitcases and said, "Don't you want the batteries?" <laughs> so. Sometimes it's best to let the inventors work those bugs out on the front end. So, well, it's time to turn it over to someone who's always working out all the bugs. It's Dr. John with the Technology Spotlight. Well, tonight we're going to talk about shrinking light. Doesn't that sound like a superhero? Like Ant-Man or something, you know? Well, it's not. At least not, not that anyone will admit, right? <laughs> it's actually a lot more plain than that. They've come up with a new way to see things that are even smaller than light. Let me explain. Remember that light is just an electromagnetic wave like radio and x-ray and ultraviolet. And if you look at this chart, you can see down at the beginning, the waves start really huge. And then as you go further and further to the right, they get smaller and smaller. And right in the middle where you see that rainbow is the visible light. And everything else around it is not visible. You can't see it. And yet we interact with it quite a bit. You see down at the, at at the largest waves on the left is where the radio band is. And this is like what you'd hear on the FM radio or something. And those waves are about as big as a building. They're quite huge uh, in comparison. Then we get to some smaller waves, and we get down to microwaves. Sounds a lot smaller, right? And remember, we have microwaves that we cook stuff. Well, they got their name from the kind of waves they use. Those waves get closer to the size of a person, if you were to measure the wave. And then it gets even all the way down to the size of, like, insects. And then we get into the infrared. And the infrared is still something you can't see, but you can feel it. It's like heat. And uh, the example here is the point of a pen. That's about the size of an infrared wave. And then we get to the visible light, and those waves are about the size of bacteria. But you got to remember that um, the, the wave is changing. So the red light is bigger, bigger waves, and then the blue light and then the, the more violet light is the much smaller waves. And um, then it get, keeps going past light that we can't see. We get into the ultraviolet. That means past the light that we can see. And that's about the, the size of the molecules. And then it, it goes even further to x-ray. Remember, x-ray is the kind of uh, light. I guess it's not really light, but it goes through things. And it'll reflect off of more dense objects like bones. So they use x-rays to see if you have a broken bone. And um, then from there, it goes to gamma rays, which are 
uh, things that we don't experience very much here, but there are a lot of gamma rays out in space. So that's kind of the whole spectrum from one end to the other, uh, but we're talking about light waves. And if you want to actually see something, and you send a, a light wave right towards it, uh, most of the time we don't even think about how big the light wave is because it's way tiny enough that it doesn't make any difference. But if you get a microscope and magnify and look really, really close at something, then the size of the light wave starts to make a big difference. And it turns out that you can't see things with light that are smaller than half the size of the light wave. And this is uh, a really interesting thing. When you think about it, you imagine the wave coming, and at, depending on where the object is, the wave might hit it when it's up here, and it might hit it when it's coming down like this. And so you'd get both of those, and it'll make a blur between them. And so you can't really see the detail when we start looking at really small things. Luckily, there's already a kind of microscope that can see teensy things, like an electron ma microscope, and it uses electrons instead of light. But there's a catch. You can only look at dead things. <laughs> it turns out that in order for the electron microscope to work right, you have to put the sample in a vacuum and prepare it and do a, a bunch of special things. And so, uh, you know, dead things are interesting, but if you really want to see what things are like when they're alive, which is really different, by the way, then you need a, something different. And so these researchers that are working at shrinking light are trying to develop a way to see things without killing them. So, <laughs> and that's where this new technology comes in. So now you have this big background. We can actually look at how they did it. And it all comes down to this little teeny filter. And this is a special metamaterial that lets light through, but it scatters the light. And if you were to zoom in close enough, you would see that they have layers of silver in this silica glass. And the layers are so tiny and close together that they scatter the light even smaller than the actual light waves. So they get these little fractions of light waves going all over the place. And those little fractions are actually smaller than the light waves that they're putting in. And that is how they're shrinking the light and seeing things that are even smaller than the light. Uh, they can actually take this filter, stick it into a normal microscope, and then they have to take a whole bunch of images and combine them and uh, put them all together to generate the, the full image of everything. Uh, but they can take a normal microscope and put this in and be able to see much closer. Remember, I was telling you that a normal light microscope can see down to like half of a, a wave, so that's like 200 nanometers, which is already really, really tiny, by the way, you know, 200 billionths of a meter. And then, uh, and that's half of a, of a light wave. Uh, and then with this, they're able to take that down to, they've proven 40 nanometers, and they think they can get down to two nanometers. So they're going to be able to see a lot more detail. So we're not just talking about seeing living cells. We're talking about seeing the inner workings of living cells. You know, see the way that things move around inside of the cell. And that's pretty exciting when uh, you're trying to understand how they work. You know, if you look at a dead cell, you can kind of see, well, there was something over here, but if you can see it moving and see things going on, you can learn a lot more about what's going on. Uh, so I want to show you 
the proof, the, the actual image that they were able to capture. Uh, there's kind of a lot here going on. I want to start up in the corner with uh, image C. It's that uh, gray photograph. That's actually from an electron microscope. So you can kind of see the resolution that they get there. And then if we go over to the far left to A, that's what they were able to take without their special filter. See those big blurs? And they're taking pictures of these little quantum dots on their sample. And then the one in the middle is the picture that they took with this new meta material filter. And uh, that's uh, the difference. It's, it's pretty huge. Now, there's little boxes around some of the objects there. And if you look down below, in the middle, you can see the zoom up on those boxes. You can see how D is what they were able to do with visible light. And then E is what the electron microscope saw. <clears throat> and then again, F is what they were able to see. And then G is what the electron microscope saw. You can see that it's very similar. And it's much higher resolution than you could get with visible light. And then you can see from the other samples down there on the left are what they saw with visible light. And then on the right, those two are what they were able to see with this uh, new metamaterial filter. And so you can see that this is going to make a big difference. Their goal is to have an affordable microscope or an addition to a microscope that makes it so you can see in real time uh, these little teeny tiny things that are going on without killing them, which is a pretty lofty goal, I'd say. And uh, like I said, they think they can get it down to two nanometers, but uh, they're also working on a 3D version, which would be really awesome, again, for looking at these living cells, if you could see uh, not only what it looks like on the top, but the depth, and we would be able to understand a lot more. So there's a lot of interesting things going on here, and the limitation on how high a resolution they can get is really the metamaterial, that filter. So if they can learn how to tweak that filter, we may get even closer. And uh, I want to throw one more thing in. Do you know what a metamaterial is? It's essentially a material that does things uh, differently than a material would in nature. And it usually involves really, really small layers. And it makes it, in this example, so it diffracts light in a way that we've never seen in nature. And there are a lot of really neat metamaterials coming out to do all kinds of things. And you know, if we can shrink light, who knows what else we could shrink? You know, right? <laughs> That's all the tech we have the time for. <laughs> now it's time for a Breakthrough Moments in Science with Tobias. interesting that Dr. John would mention microwaves because the microwave is what we're going to talk about tonight. Now I know that sounds like a dance move, the microwave, okay? It's like, yeah, you know, there's the heat wave, <laughs> then there's the beach wave move, you know? I can't do that one very well. Then there's the microwave, okay? <laughs> something on Hawaii or something. But the microwave turns out to be a really special frequency, but also a really amazing product. And, you know, when we talk about microwave and how in the world a microwave works, we have to talk about heat because heat is, you know, it's really, to us, it's like, oh, yeah, this is getting warm. I can feel it. But there's a lot more happening underneath. And really, it's particles, tiny, tiny particles 
actually increasing in motion and they're moving more and more and that energy is giving off heat. And so if you have something that's hot and something that's cold, the heat being transferred is actually energy and the, mo the movement of those tiny, tiny particles is causing other particles to move, okay? Dancing's contagious, that's the way it goes. So we need to talk about this guy, Percy Spencer, and he was um, working, he worked for the Navy and then he went to a company called Raytheon and they were working on a lot of radar technology and they had a really amazing breakthrough of being able to use microwaves. Now remember, John talked about the different waves, wavelengths and microwave is on there. They used microwaves to shoot out a beam of microwaves and it would shoot out, reflect off of something and come back. And they were able to use that to be able to identify objects. Um, like airplanes or submarines. And so he was working on this, this technology and they were work basically the heart of the radar is what he really got involved with. And that's something called the magnetron. And so here's a diagram of the inside of the magnetron. Now the magnetron was the actual part of the radar system that made the microwaves. And so we're not gonna get too deep into uh, how the magnetron worked but the waves, the microwaves, came out from this point, and really they could adjust the frequency of the wave um, by the size of those two magnet rings, those black rings. Uh, they could adjust the actual frequency of the waves. It was pretty amazing. So he was working on this, and so again, this is the device that shoots out these microwaves. And while he's working on it, he takes a break, and he's gonna eat a peanut bar, now, I do need to point out, this is not a chocolate bar, okay? All of us have probably had that moment. Oh, yeah, I have chocolate. It's a good day. You reach in your pocket, and it's not a good day. You know, it was a good day. Now it's a soggy day because it's melted, because your thighs are on fire or something, okay? <laughs> chocolate melts easy. But peanut bars, okay, if you're a peanut person, you know peanut bars. They're durable, okay? These things don't melt in the pocket. He picked his out, and it was completely melted. And he was very baffled as to why that was. And then he started connecting the dots and thinking about it. And he thought, wow, did the magnetron do that to my peanut bar? And so he, he told one of his assistants, hey, go get an egg. I don't know how he knew that guy had an egg. <laughs> one of those special people. Give me an egg. And he took an egg, put it in water, and held it by the magnetron. And it actually exploded and got them messy. But it was amazing. And the next day he's like, I'm bringing popcorn kernels. That's what you do. So the entire staff had popcorn that day because the magnetron popped the kernels. This was amazing. He started looking at the war was ending. And so he was kind of looking for a new business venture for their technologies. And he realized, wow, we could use this as a way to cook things, to heat things up because it did it really fast. And you know, it, with an oven, you know, the way an oven works is of course you get it really, really hot, like a fire. And so you're increasing the energy and then that energy gets the food hot and it's hot on the outside and it gets hotter on the inside eventually, okay? This was completely different. And he put together a device that they sold as the radar range. <laughs> you know, cook your soup in the radar range, yeah. Very, uh, the Navy jumped right on it, okay? <laughs> but it, it took a while to get going. And eventually they would work it down into something that was more sellable and understandable. And they just named it the microwave. And that's what we all know now. 
And it took a lot of time for people to even get their head wrapped around, how do I use this? So I put it in for five minutes. Um, they, the, the concept that in 20 seconds, 30 seconds, you could warm something up was pretty incredible. But how does this work? Because it's like magic. The microwave doesn't like get super hot inside like that oven. It's actually using the microwaves. So the way this works is we need to think about, again, that heat transferring, okay, where the way things get hot is they get more excited and start doing stuff, okay? They're moving, and that's actually getting more temperature, more increased temperature. So what is happening is that magnetron, and you don't take apart a microwave because it's dangerous because there's these microwaves, and the magnetron is generating these microwaves going inside of the chamber, okay? Now, the microwaves, once they start to hit your food, start doing some interesting stuff. Here's a, if you look at this diagram, remember, we're talking about waves. So it's like an increase, decrease. It's like up, down, up, down. And so the secret is moisture. And when you have moisture in your food, you have these water molecules. And it turns out water mo molecules have one side that's positive and one side that's negative. So when the electromagnetic wave comes, they all turn to get in line and try and align to that magnetic wave, that magnetic field. But then all of a sudden, it's a wave. So all of a sudden, what was up, now it's down. It's flipped. So, oh, this way. And then it changes again. This way. It's like, put your right hand in, right hand out. <laughs> Only it's like really fast. In fact, it's 2.45 billion changes a second, okay? That's some really fun dance moves. But think about the heat that's being generated. And so that's where the heat comes from because they start changing back and forth so fast that they start getting hot. And so right in the center of that hot dog, the, the moisture is dancing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth from the microwaves, and it's generating a high-intensity heat. So it literally cooks through these different pieces of food instead of starting on the outside and slowly working in. So being able to do that allows us to cook things really fast, and that gives a lot more you know, speed to being able to heat something up. And it's interesting that you can actually identify um, the shape of the wave. If you, if you have one of those microwaves that doesn't have the spinning plate, okay, you cover it with cheese. Don't cover the bottom with cheese like a tortilla. You put cheese in there, turn it on, you can actually identify, and some of us don't like this, this part's been melted, this part hasn't been, that's one of the reasons they have a turning plate, because that's actually the shape of the wave hitting some of it and not hitting some of it as much. So they have a turning plate to kind of evenly, hopefully, cook that, and it never works. <laughs> it's like always, some piles have melted, some piles have not. But it's a pretty amazing science behind it, where these microwaves are literally starting a dance party in your microwave and bringing the heat. So, you know, next time you're warming up some stuff, you know, if it's soup, pizza, green beans, whatever your thing is, you know, just be like, when you're typing those numbers, let the dance party commence. Beep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And now, introducing Roger Billings.
So, in their show, in the, yeah, that one they just happened. They had dance moves. We had dance moves. All right, you guys want to see some dance moves? Yeah. <laughs> Help me stand up. It didn't get anybody hot. No, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I what say. I meant was, aren't microwaves amazing? <laughs> Cut. Okay. It's science live. Look, or let's live. roll that intro again. <laughs> cut back. <coughs> Rewind. So as if we need to rethink having this live, don't we? Gee. Hey, this is our lives. We get to enjoy if it. If anybody right? wonders whether or not I had this rehearsed, <coughs> I guess that was that was really fun and John, really interesting. I always thought it would be so interesting to see an atom, and then I found out the light waves are too big to be able to see an atom, because light waves are going like that and atoms are teeny. And then the electron microscope came along and they got a lot better. But now maybe we'll be able to really see some atoms live. I think it's really exciting. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to behave myself. <laughs> I'm just uh, gonna sit here for a minute. <laughs> I'd just like to say that <clears throat> we are separate individuals. <laughs> we are. I really like yes. that submarine thing. Did you? That was yeah. pretty good. Do you want to see it again? No, we're good. Let's see the submarine <laughs> one more time, okay? That is really awesome. I had to shine my own light on that my really, own name. That is really, really awesome. You know, that gives, that gives me inspiration. Yeah? yeah? Wonderful. For what? <laughs> For the future. <laughs> <clears throat> well, a lot of people are really getting excited about the science fair and the dance contests. And we've had so many wonderful entries. We've been having a lot of fun with them. In fact, tonight I thought it would be very appropriate if we look at some. Okay. Um, the announcements of, of the awarding of the awards is, is forthcoming, and you can be watching for that. But uh, I think it would be really enjoyable to see some of these outstanding entries. Remember, the idea is that you can enter with your scientific research, your hypothesis, whatever, or with your dance moves. That's right. <laughs> I've got I th more. I think they changed the rating on our program. <laughs> Sorry, there we go. There we go. The real me. Kids are all cut off now. <laughs> okay. So I'd like to, uh, to show a couple of the real young entries. Okay. These are going to be science fair entries. And uh, we, we didn't take time to show all the entries because we wanted to show more of them. So we just took pieces out of them. To see the full thing, you can go on Neighbors and take a look, okay? Okay. But let's go ahead and take a look at this first junior one. My name is Austin Ajayi, and my science project is about density. The materials are olive oil and soy sauce. 
Let's begin. My hypothesis is that soy sauce will be at the bottom and oil will be at the top. This is olive oil. This is soy sauce. See, my hypothesis is right. The soy sauce is at the bottom. The olive oil is at the top. This means that the soy sauce is more dense than, than the olive oil. You know what? Yeah. That, that's some good science. That is. And you know, the fact at this young age, the scientist is able to understand things like a hypothesis mm -hmm. and then an experiment. I think it's wonderful. It is. It's, it's wonderful. really, really amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's see another one. What they lack in technology to make up for them. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Um, very smart. We're very. I'm not sure I followed all of that. <laughs> His hypothesis worked. But I did see one of them disappear for a minute. <laughs> did you see that? I did. Wow. Yeah. That definitely shows how excited they are about the technology. Yeah. And it worked. <clears throat> it is really amazing. All right, let's try one. I think we got one just a little bit older, don't we? Let's try this. Hi, my name is Cindy. My question for the Sunscrub Project is, does ultraviolet light kill the bacteria in a mouth? So I labeled two Petri dishes, one for one minute and the one for two minutes. And I think the one for two minutes will have less bacteria because, once again, the longer you shine, you want on the bacteria, the more bacteria it kills. You can see that the light kills the bacteria on this side, but the other side did not because I didn't use the ultraviolet light on it. If you look, it has way less bacteria. Ultraviolet light sure does kill the bacteria found in the mouth. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. That's, that's good. <clears throat> you know, uh, <clears throat> you, you just can't imagine how valuable it is to get some of these concepts under our belts at very early years and then to be able to develop them as we start to learn science and learn how to apply it. Um, <clears throat> ultra, ultraviolet light does destroy bacteria. In, in the case of bacteria, you don't say it's dead when it stops wiggling. Mm -mm. They say it's dead when it can't reproduce. And in the case of ultraviolet light, it happens to be the resonant frequency for the DNA molecule. 
And so when you shine that light on a, a living organism, the DNA molecule starts vibrating very fast and then it's like the wine glass against the right pitch and then it just explodes. Well, that's what happens to the DNA. Once the DNA is destroyed, well, then <clears throat> it all of a sudden cannot reproduce. Um, we did a project years ago at the academy where we were disinfecting dental equipment, especially for orthodontists using ultraviolet waves. And <clears throat> interestingly, the, uh, when we developed a, a device, we had to do something to protect people because shortwave ultraviolet can actually hurt your eyes. Mm -hmm. It can actually, if you get exposed too much, it, it could make you blind. And so we needed a way to make sure that it didn't get out while people were treating their instruments. So we used a microwave. Yep, we, we did. <laughs> we opened the microwave up, yep. we pulled out the magnetron and replaced it with UV tubes so that when the door was open, it couldn't come on. Mm -hmm. When you closed it, it could come on. And lo and behold, we were able to demonstrate that we could kill all of the bacteria. And so we wanted to let Dennis try this out, but before you can do that, you have to get it approved by the Food and Drug Administration in Washington. So we made a big report, sent all of our data to them, and they uh, <clears throat> very kindly wrote back and said, you have to prove that it will kill radiodurans. It would killed a lot of different kinds of bacteria to prove that it would work. But they said, you gotta kill radiodurans. I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up. When they set off the first atomic bomb in New Mexico, they had this big explosion. It turned the sand into glass. And when they went out there to study it, in the sand under the blast, there was one kind of bacteria that was still alive. And they called it radiodurin, meaning that it was resistive to radioactivity. They said, you gotta kill those. <laughs> then you can let Dennis try this. So we got some radiodurins, and mm -hmm. we put them in there, and it killed them. It did. Yeah, because it destroyed the DNA. Yep. Then it couldn't reproduce. But anyway, let's see one more. <clears throat> oh, hi, my name is Gideon. I'm trying to figure out how does an electromagnetic train work. This is an example of an electromagnetic train. The battery is hooked on with magnets, and then it can flow around the copper coil. We took a battery, and we hooked up a copper coil to it, and we put a few stack of magnets by it, and it pulled together. So we took the battery with the magnets on it, and we took a little stack of magnets, and put the magnets near it, and it started moving forward. I made copper coils using different gauges of wire. So when we did the experiment, the thickest wire right here, it actually was the hardest to make into a circle. But this one was easier, but it didn't fall through very well. And then the last one, the thinnest gauge, that one is one picture right here. It's going through fine. As you can see, the current starts here, 
and it ends right here. And as the battery moves, then the current also moves, and it goes all the way to the end of the coil. It's actually really simple. Did you know that there is real electromagnetic trains? Oh, and that reminds me, I need to catch a trick. See you later. Inspiring. I think there's great hope for our future, isn't there? <clears throat> All because of Science Live. I wonder, I wonder how the dance contest is coming out. Should we take, check some of our dance entries? Please. And remember, the idea here is to learn how to program. We're talking about robotic dance. Demonstrate your programming by getting your robot programmed to dance. Not human dancing. Robotic dance. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to fall. See, she tried to trick me into saying she's human. <laughs> I did not fall for that. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Let's take a look at the dance. Wow. That helmet and everything. <laughs> Go that, Chiefs. That takes, that takes a lot of programming, doesn't it? Does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It really it's does. It's really interesting. Do you want to see another dance? I do. Okay, another dance. It's like a duet. If you're just learning how to program, you can do your own moves and still win, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I want to see another dance. Oh, no. Tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that one. Please, that one again. Warning! I like the warning <laughs> part. I have not seen that. <laughs> one of Jose's people. Hands were a little bit slowy, but we're on our toes. Literally. <laughs> Well, you can see we're having a lot of fun. We are. It, and it's amazing because we have people from all over, all ages. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of programmers, a lot of scientists if we keep this up. Really looking forward to it. So, do you want to see more? Yeah. Okay, let's do another uh, dance. Clever. 
That is awesome. Yeah. That was my people. Can we see that again? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The whole thing. You want to see that again? I want to see that again. Okay. <laughs> Personally, it makes it different, and you have to really know what you're doing. Because uh, did you have a problem with your hair? <laughs> I did. Okay. It fell over. <laughs> Condolences. Condolences. Okay. Let's see another science one. Hello, everybody. My name is Landon. Welcome to part one of my science fair project. So my. Uh, question is, is it possible to turn a lock using my face? So if asked to always um, be true, so if results, so that means if results is true, print faces Landon's, else print faces don't match or there was an error. All right, so I'm gonna run that file and step out the door here. Locking door in five seconds. Processing. Scanning facial features. Access granted. So my hypothesis was indeed correct. Hope you like my science fair video. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> so, a facial recognition door unlock. That's impressive. It's very impressive. It's very impressive. Keeping tabs on the landman guy. Some very, very yeah. talented people. Okay, we need another dance. How are we doing on dances? We got more. <laughs> another page <Peugeot> one. <laughs> Quite catch it all. <clears throat> Did you see they put coins on the feet like you taught them? No, I didn't teach them. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. That's a smart thing. Yeah, it's probably because of the hair. Yeah, you have to do both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well, fun. I'm very impressed with the maturity of the science in both the dancing and in these experiments. We have some amazing entries. We do. And it, it kind of makes me excited. If our science live discussions are helping anybody get these ideas that some of you are showing, then this has really been a good investment of time, hasn't it? Okay. I'd like to see another dance one. I love it. 
love it. <clears throat> These are really fun. Some may fun. not end up in science, they may end up in theater or something. Yeah, yeah and robotics. It's wonderful. It's just neat. Yeah. And coding. They're going to be able to do amazing things. Give them a few more years and wow. I know. Okay, let's try another one. A lot of these me. are kind of shortened, so if you yeah, want to see the whole really one, <laughs> you need to go on to Neighbors and take a look at them. These are ready made to go. Did Sella's Dancing Police? They do that. The policemen do that. Yeah. They do. I've seen videos of them dancing with kids. Not on this planet yet, but... Oh! <clears throat> Maybe the police are my people. <laughs> Maybe? Okay. We have a lot. We could go for a long time, couldn't we? You guys <laughs> enjoying seeing them? Yeah. Let's see some more. All right, give us another one. Oh, there's a bad hair day. <laughs> <laughs> like some of those birds. Yeah. And they think they're really doing something. Yeah, they're doing something there, aren't they? <laughs> more fun than I ever dreamed. It's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. We're in the process of designing the next generation robot. I can see when you give it more features. We do. They, they need really more do. to work with, don't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what have we learned from these so far? There's a lot of personality that's coming mm -hmm. through. The mm -hmm. robots about the people. They really like it, it looks like. Yeah, so do I. I really do. It's let's really let's fun. look at our science one. Okay. Analog encryption of data. It's what I set out to do and it's what I accomplished. So how complicated that can these three kind of four words be when put together? So here at the bottom of my optimism curve, I had a genius idea, and it's my favorite part of this project. Could I turn digital signals into light 
and turn that light back into analog signals? Well, the answer was yes, actually. And then I put them back together, just like that. It kind of works, but I would need more time, which I ran out of. But I still deserve first place, because everything else is cool. So there's my many, many hour journey of encrypting data through analog means. And it's got a lot of cool science, cool computers, cool 3D printing, cool programming. Thanks for your consideration of my science fair project. I love that confidence. Thank you for considering me. I do deserve it. <laughs> well, you have to, you got to put it out there. It's a graduate of social emotional. <laughs> you know what he is, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Is it possible to heat a tent using body heat alone? So, now we need to gather information for our hypothesis. And now we basically get it constructed together. So, first we unload it off my car. Uh, not my car, my dad's car. We're using a circular saw, kind of dangerous. My dad knows how to use it a lot better than I do. I kind of know how to use it, and even if I could do it, I didn't want to risk ruining, like, $200 worth of material, <laughs> so we uh, took it to our camping spot. We set it up, and when we were inside, we, we could feel the air coming inside. Like, you could put your hand up against a crack, and you could feel that cold air coming in. It worked. It kept us warm, but if it got down to 10 degrees, it would not have kept us warm enough. If we waited until winter time, we decided to make one change. It was taping every corner and every crack. I have the temperature on the outside and the temperature on the inside. It worked. There you I go. Love our <laughs> Solving the energy crisis, too. I know. Too. Yeah. I love it. That's really, 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 I really, love it. really wonderful. You have another one for us? I got this feeling. Whoa. <laughs> Okay. I like that. <laughs> that takes to a whole new level, doesn't it? Woo. You gotta be out there. I mean, if you're gonna. Can, can we just check that out one more time? <laughs> got this feeling. <laughs> yep. That would be fun, wouldn't it? To, yeah. to fly on the screen like that, that would be fun. I think it would. What did you say? Okay, good. I, uh, <clears throat> I think that was wild. I think they're all wild. I would like to congratulate everybody that entered. There are so many more. We just showed enough so that you want to go look at them all. But uh, I am so grateful to everyone that spent time doing this. And I know that many of you are starting on next year. And that's good. Next year is going to be bigger and better, isn't it? Uh, we will be sending out uh, prizes soon. Some of you have been reporting that you got the books that we sent. And you're welcome, by the way. Some of you have been saying thank you. Um, <clears throat> but this is a, a life changer. 
And the, the scientific method is a way to solve problems that works in almost any field. And so what you learn, you can apply to whatever you decide to go into. I think it's just wonderful to have that much fun with science. And next year, science fair is going to be amazing and better. We are raising, raising the odds, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> we are. So which one did you like best? Uh, that's tough. That's really tough. I like my people, of course, but then there's a lot <clears throat> of them I like. You didn't like that flying one? I love the flying one. I can imagine that. I imagine what it felt like flying. That, I think it's neat. The guy with the hair. I, I mean, love it. <laughs> I do. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, Some people say kids. that the reason that he was so famous because of his hair, not his physics. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did have a personality, did he not? He sure, sure had special hair. Special <laughs> 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 Maybe there was something to it. Well, I think it's really, really wonderful. And again, I want to thank you so much for putting this effort and time into these. I have thoroughly enjoyed them. And it's given me a lot of inspiration for things to come. And for the next robots, we're definitely going to make it more interesting. Okay? So I have something I want to get off of my chest. Can we do it after? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we did it last week publicly. Uh, you know when I got put on the spot? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm sorry, but we've <laughs> run out of time tonight. <laughs> so I was I'd like to thank all of you for joining us. Okay, this is a private next time. Is, we'll okay. <laughs> no, this is something I really want to say. May I? <laughs> I'm very nervous. <laughs> so I evaluated it because um, honestly, I wasn't sure if people would actually want another social emotional class, the students. And then You're I, advertising? No, I'm not. <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm apologizing. Oh. Because when... Because you were a bad example? I was. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Williams, for putting the word so perfectly. All the comments <laughs> I got were a shame on me for asking you in public. I know, you should have... <laughs> I didn't take social emotional. I just, I'm learning these graces. <clears throat> I would, would apologize more... <laughs> for asking you in public. <laughs> but will it would have been more proper to ask me anyway. It, I, heavens, I would never want to be like that. I would like you to just ask me flat out, and I want to be the kind of person that will say, I would absolutely love to do that. So, so now I'm you just ask flat out. <laughs> flat out. <laughs> no, but I've been thinking a lot about it, and I am very honored that you would actually consider well, me to do it again. my people have advised me to not ask you and put you on the spot. Please put me on the spot, because I think there needs to be more of that. I really Isn't do. Isn't that sweet how she says, please? Yeah. <laughs> so, I am saying, I'm redoing. This is backing up seven days. Okay, so let's love, start from the I would, beginning. I would, I, could I... Could I ask you a question? Absolutely. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing really well. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. How'd I do, guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, all I got to say is we should practice what we preach. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So. I, I just know that some of us would really enjoy it. 
I think we're ready for some new stuff. It's kind of a new world. We need to look at things in a different way. So I have this little video I want to show for a Okay, minute. let's see. Before we show it. Is this your science fair project? <laughs> no, this is my inspiration for social Is this going to embarrass me? No, hopefully not. Is this like get even or something like no. that? No. This, this is a challenge that I am giving to myself, actually. Okay. Um, and I decided to name the challenge. Ready? Yeah. Scuttle and smile. <laughs> With all of the emotions, with all the negative pressure, with everything that's going around this world right now, I decided that I'm going to get inspiration from this wonderful bird. Now we get to watch it. <laughs> scuttle, scuttle. Nope, can't get me. Can't, nope, can't, nope. <laughs> that's me. New social emotional class. <laughs> this must be the long leg version. It is. It's so, common. Should we see that again? Yes. And I'm being serious. Scuttle and smile. Scuttle. See? Doesn't matter how hard they try to make me sad or wet. That's how it is. That's how this life is. Our feelings get hurt. Everything tries to get us, and we just keep running. And this is science because? You said, well, you just said that you could apply the scientific method to everything in life. So are you going to apply it? I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'm hoping you'll teach me. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, there's certainly a lot in this for me to learn. <laughs> Isn't there? I think she's going to do it. I am. Yeah. I'm going to knock it down the park. Okay, well, so we're good. looking forward to it. All of you, thank you very much. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.